Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Thank you for joining us tonight for our online worship, our time to be together virtually. After a great morning, we had probably about one-third of our people here this morning who were able and willing to, to be here, and it was a great day and I think it's just going to get better as more and more of our people uh, become comfortable and able. And we are continually gathering. And as we add other times than just the Sunday morning, as we add other times so that we can come together both in worship time and also in fellowship time. That's why I think this first Sunday back as we begin things, it's been important for my mind that we use a theme, and the theme is team, team work. We noticed this morning the old phrase that coaches use all the time to inspire their players when they say, there is no I in team. You can't find the letter I in team. Tonight we're going to see the other side of that, however. We always think about that one, but we don't think about the idea that really there is an I in team. Now, Jen Skinner had a great idea. She retitled my sermon for me, so I, I gave it as the subtitle, if you notice the announcement. The morning lesson, there is no I in team. Her view, there is no I in team, but there is a me. That's great. You can see it right there in the word team, M and E. There is a me. In fact, that is the point. And so the lesson tonight is about that very idea, the idea that we are, all of us, a part of this team. If you'll turn to the text that Wesley just read for us from Romans chapter 12, and we're going to consider what is in these verses as it relates to the I in team. Truth of the matter is, there is no team without a whole bunch of I's. Can't have them. The team is a concept. Team is an idea that happens when a bunch of I's get together. When they come together and have a purpose and an idea and a plan, then those individual eyes become a team. That's why we begin with the idea that says this. First, we, the I in team, is each individual member. Each one. That's who we are individual members of the team of God. And more specifically, individual members of the team of the Richmond Church. And so I want us to think about and want you to think about the individual nature of each of us individually as a part of a team. I also want you to know that there are two passages that are rather in-depth on this topic. 
One of them is the passage we are using in Romans chapter 12. The other is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to do more reading on the concept of this idea, then that 1 Corinthians 12 goes with this concept of the individual. Notice, first of all, we are individuals. I am a part of the team. That's what he says in this text. But notice also 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. That's one and the same Spirit that works all things, distributing to each one as he wills. The Spirit gives to each one as he wills. And therefore, I am a part of the team. I am an individual. I am a person whom God has said, here you are. This is what I give to you. And it is that gift to me, it is that gift to you that you put in practice, that you put together and bring all of these individual things together to be the team of God in this place. But number two, notice what the text also says. This text is telling us that we also are members of each other. That is, we're individual members, yes, but we are individual members of each other. Now, that's also important. If you go to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 26, he helps us understand what that means. And he says, if one member suffers, the whole member, all the members, the whole body suffers with it. And if one member is honored, the whole body is honored. Well, I think we can understand that pretty easily. Just the other day, I was working at home, uh, putting up a, something on the wall. And as I turned, I had my hammer sitting there, and it fell off onto my toe. Well, I didn't get mad at my toe. The toe was hurt, but why would I get mad at the toe? It's a part of me. And I didn't just feel it in my toe. In fact, I felt it in my head. And I felt it in my heart. And I felt it all over. Because when one member hurts, the whole body hurts. That's what the passage says. And that's the idea. So that when, for instance, my grandkids came over to the house. And we don't see them quite as often now, but when we did. And they came in and they hugged me. I didn't just feel it in my arms. I felt it in my heart and in my head and in my feet. Because when one member is honored, the whole body is honored. So the first point of this idea is there is an I in team because individually we are a part of the team and we are members with each other in the team. The second point that I want you to notice, I am responsible to put the letter I, or to put the I in team. I am responsible for that. Go with me back to Romans 12, and let's look at this passage starting in verse 4 specifically. 
Let's look at some words that we find there that I think help us to see how we put the I in team ourselves. Now, if you are a person who gets tired of alliteration, you just better get ready to be worn out because all of these words emphasize the letter I, and that's the point of the lesson. Let's go to verse number four. First thing I notice is there are many members. Here we are, a team. Many members. And it is the responsibility of every eye on the team to be inclusive of every other eye. How terrible it would be to shun another person on the team. What happens on a team if everybody pulls away from this one member and says, we don't like you, you're on the team, but we don't want to be apart with you. Can that team be successful? I think not. One of the underlying ideas that certainly is causing a lot of the difficulty right now in our country is the feeling that some believe they are not accepted, not included on the team. To whatever degree that we are not inclusive of people, we need to change that. Now granted, we don't have to be inclusive of their actions if they are not appropriate. We don't have to be included, inclusive of their teachings if they are wrong and not according to Scripture. But even if their actions are wrong and their teachings are wrong, they still are inclusive as made in the image of God. And in that way, we are all inclusive of each other. We should work as a team, whether in the Richmond Church or the United States of America. We should work on being inclusive because every individual was made by God. Number two, look at verse five. He says, we being many are one. I put the I in team when I am interested in the success of the team. Paul is not telling the Romans simply that the, the idea, the concept is that you are one. Well, I agree with that. Every person, every couple who gets married are one. But that doesn't have anything other than just the concept at the beginning. It is the, it is the responsibility of those individuals in that marriage to become one. It's not magical. It doesn't just happen. It is something that is created intentionally. There's another good I word I didn't even thought of. We intentionally want to be that way. So I am interested in the success of this team. There have been scandals in history where in sports teams because of gambling, there were individuals who didn't think about the team. They thought about themselves. 
and therefore either destroyed the team or put it in a tough situation. I must be interested. And I put the I in team when I bring my interest to the team. Are you interested in the success of Team Jesus? Are you interested in the success of the team that works in this place in Richmond, Kentucky? Number three, look at verse six. These gifts that we have, they are differing according to the grace given by God. I put the I in team when I work on and, and, and really want to be or have innocence in the team. God's grace is given to me. I don't deserve it and no one does. But he gives me grace. And my response to that grace is to say, okay, then I'm going to live a certain way. It's innocence. God looks at me and wants me to be innocent before him. And we can do that through the blood of Jesus. If you're not on the team, Jesus, because you've not been immersed to have your sins removed, you're not innocent. And the grace of God is extended to you while you are here. But there will come a day when everyone will die. And if the grace of God has not been accepted by you, you will die not innocent, but guilty. And as it relates to the work of this church, we work for the betterment. And we want to be innocent ourselves and not guilty of things that will bring the reputation of the church down. We want to hold the reputation of the Lord's church very high. And that takes my innocence because when I'm out there and when you are out there, we're representing individually this team. And innocence needs to be a part of it. Next in verse 6. He uses the phrase, at least in the New King James, it's italicized, meaning it wasn't in the Greek, but the meaning is there. He says, use these things. Use them. The gifts that God has given, use them. I put the I in team when I am involved with the team. Can't sit on the sideline. Even the players on a team who are sitting on the bench and not playing at the moment. Are you saying they're not involved simply because they're not on the court? Certainly not. They are involved even sitting on the sideline because they are part of the team. Their involvement is different than the involvement of those out there competing. But it is involvement nonetheless. Every team has different levels and types of involvement. Even those who bring water to the ones who are competing are involved and are necessary. And those who hold on to the supplies that are needed for those to compete, whether it's tape or, or ace bandages, that's important. They are involved. God says, you use them. You be involved. I put the I in team when I 
am involved with the team. Next. Notice the phrase he uses, let us or let him. Now I put my eye in the team when I make an investment in the team. This is about me putting myself out there. Sadly, some people want to be a part of the team only on the fringes, way out there, only feeling good just to say that I'm connected a little bit. But you are keeping from the team what you can bring to the team. Be invested in this team. How do I make an investment? Well, I take what I have, what I can do, and I put it in there. This is my investment. When I'm a part of the time of worship and I am singing and I am uh, partaking in the Lord's Supper, when I am praying fervently, when I give of my means, when I am singing to the Lord, I am investing myself in that worship. And the more I invest, the more I get from it. When you invest yourself in the events that this team has, you are putting yourself in there. When you have an investment in something, it means more to you. That's why a lot of parents do very well early on when they don't just simply go out and buy a car and hand it to a child. They make them work, raise some money, make some money, at least help buy the car. Because when you have an investment in it, you appreciate it more. You work harder for it. You live and die with it. You suffer and are honored with it. Make an investment. I put the I in team when I invest in the team. Also, I put the I in team when I do so with Integrity, integrity, honesty. Notice how he words this. He, he talks about various gifts. Certainly in the, in, in the first century, these gifts had not only a, a, a physical ability, but it also had a, a miraculous ability. So for instance, in verse number six, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Prophecy was a physical thing. It had the opportunity to speak and to talk. Prophecy means to tell forth. In miraculous ways, it would tell forth about the future or things that were not known. But even today, we can use that word because it's about speaking. It's about talking. It's about giving material. It's a physical thing here there's also a spiritual or miraculous thing attached. But if you look down through these, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, showing mercy, how are we supposed to do that? With integrity? What does that mean? Well, that means if this is my ability, give it all. If this is what I can do, do it well. 
Don't hold back. Don't be half-hearted. You're either in or you're out. Don't, don't simply dabble in it. Heartily give yourself. If you are a Bible class teacher, do it honestly. Don't just walk in with two minutes of preparation. But be honest. Take your time to study and be ready. God is saying, integrity lies with a person who has these abilities and these gifts that they invest in the team, but they do it fully and honestly, not holding back. A final thing that I want us to notice is the purpose for the I in team. Quickly, I want you to notice the, the outline of the book of Romans. The first 11 chapters are theological. These are doctrinal concepts. These are discussion points. These are things that deal with the mind and the teaching and the understanding. But beginning in verse number, or chapter 12, now we get into the practical. Over here we had principle, over here we have practical. And so from chapter 12 through chapter 15, we have practical ideas. That's purpose. So if I go to chapter 12 and I see all these things, and then I walk through the other chapters, look at 13. There's conversation about a Christian's responsibility to the government, uh, to our neighbors, how we're to put on the law of Christ, the, the idea of liberty in Christ in chapter 14, the law of love. In chapter 15, we bear one another's burdens. All of these things that he says now, practically speaking, what's the purpose of all of them? Why did I tell you all of these things practically to live this way? I think it's found in chapter 15, starting in verse 7 through verse 13. He gives me the purpose for the practical passages we've just noticed. What's the purpose? Number one, influence. When I put the I in team, I am influencing the team and others. Verse 7, receive one another. Just as Christ received you. How can I dare turn away from brother in Christ when Jesus didn't turn away from me? And when he doesn't turn away from me today, even when I sin. I have an influence. And I can reach out to my brethren. And as I put the I in team... I'm putting myself there, and I'm influencing all who are there. I'm influencing all the other eyes. But number two, I will influence all those who might one day be eyes on the team. Verses 8 through 12, Paul was writing about how that Jesus Christ, verse 8, became a servant to the circumcision, that is to the Jews, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers, that is to the Jewish fathers. It was told, this is coming. Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. 
The Jews were God's people. The Gentiles were not. Jesus came for the purpose of bringing in people, more people, to the family of God. Not just the Jews, but now all people. My influence is not only amongst those who are eyes on the team like I am, but also for anyone who might yet one day be an eye on the team. The second purpose that I find in this text is increase. Look at verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Filled to abound. What is the purpose of I on the team as it relates to increase? I think it is quite simple. As I invest and am involved as I am a part of this team, as many eyes as there are in the team working for the good of the team, I am increased. I am filled and I abound. More than that, my filling, my abounding, combined with your filling and your abounding makes the church increase. And isn't that what we're looking for? Yes, today, there is no I in team. That is, I am submissive to the team to which God has called me. But while there is no I in team, there certainly is a me. And there is, therefore, an I in team. I I'm a part of the team. The team can't work well or as well without all the eyes. And therefore, I need to see my value. I need to see my potential. I need to see what God has given me so that I can invest it in this team. I hope that you are on Team Jesus. And I hope that you are working on that team with the Richmond Church of Christ team. Certainly there are others who don't live here. They're joining us online. We appreciate that. And wherever you will be going back to, whatever church you are going to be a part of, as you move back into your normal, I hope that you take these ideas with you and be a part of that team and work on that team. But also realize, as this virtual thing has done for us, whether I'm in Richmond or Phoenix, Guyana, or any other place in the world, all of us are part of the same team. And every one of us is important. And every one of us has responsibility. And God calls every eye to be on His team. I hope these thoughts have been inspirational and helpful for you today. As always, if you need us, if you need us to help you in some way to be a part of your life, pray and counsel, 
or to be honored with you in your successes. This is what we're here for. Thank you for joining us tonight. May God bless you. May God bless this church. May God bless our country. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.